0: Good news and bad news, girls. The good news is your dates are here.
1: What's the bad news? They're dead. Ah.
0: See, a United States astro-robot becomes a creature of death. And these we have come here to this planet for one purpose only, to acquire breeding stuff to repopulate our planet. Breaks the law. Shall be punished! Back to the house.
1: Episode three of The Dark Room aired December 11th, 1981. Uh, Your your writers here are credited to uh, Violet Plumbrook with a story by David Grubb and uh, the teleplay was by Peter S. Fisher. Uh, Your first, uh, the short here, is known as Needlepoint, and that stars stars, uh, uh, a voodoo-practicing woman who is actually Estelle Royal from Good Times. Um, and then, uh, she's, uh, there's a guy, he's a pimp. I mean, let's be honest. He's just a pimp. That's what he is. Um, he comes and he's now, uh, been, uh, I guess being afflicted by pains and whatever. And he knows that she's doing it. And that's actually welcome back Cata's, uh, Lawrence Hilton Jacobs. Um, and what happened is he is now driven, uh, this woman's daughter to suicide. Now it's kind of implied through the idea um, it, of the needle point, obviously, that she's sticking needles in him, which know, obviously is a voodoo doll. But what it also implies, too, is that it probably was drugs that she killed her, like she overdosed on drugs or whatever, and that's why she wanted up killing herself. Um, this story is, again, one of the shorts, and the shorts are usually very poignant and kind of like uh, they, they kind of like they're quick in and out hitters. Um, she, of course, has a voodoo doll of him and starts sticking the pins in him, and then that leads to him strangling her. Um, And then the the pickup truck, which is like the slowest pickup truck in the world, shows up and he's now running away in street shoes uh, in a suit from the pickup truck. So now that he's killed the old woman, uh, he thinks he's gotten away. And all of a sudden he's now being thrashed around in pain as the dog has now gotten a hold of the the voodoo doll and is chewing it up and thrashing it about here and there. Um, And the funny part is as he gets up, he's like, oh, okay, I'm good. The the, the last thing you see is the dog digging a hole, going to drop the voodoo doll in the hole and bury it. Right. Um, which of course then uh, James Colburn comes back on and says, well, he we just dug this up a couple of weeks ago. But, uh, you know, he goes, they found him dead a couple of feet away from asphyxiation, but they don't have any idea why, you know, until so he obviously he, he was uh, buried alive,
0: you know, in the hole. Yeah. And those quickies are, are, are really good. I mean, you know, they're, it's hard to, hard to describe them. You no, know, they're only five minutes, uh, six somewhere, minutes. Some are, yeah, some are, yeah. yeah. But, uh, they come right at you and, uh, uh, the ones that the ones that uh, that that leave you you know always leave it with you uh, you remember them forever right. uh, the one the week before they had uh, uncle george which is a classic i mean you just don't see it coming and then wham
1: it hits you right in the face yeah and that's the great part about these is that um you know you're not really supposed to laugh at someone like misfortune oh, yeah. like that but it's kind of funny well, again, in the yeah. ec in the, in the ec comic kind of way it's mm-hmm. the the people who are getting their come up so their people are getting the whatever um, Uncle George is not really a comeuppance story, but it's, it's kind of like, well, it's kind of all actually right there in front of you. Literally, it's all right in front of you. You kind of see the saw. You know what's going to happen. So, um, And that's what Darkroom so far has been kind of known for, even the one with the boogeyman where they're talking about it being a vampire. But he really is a werewolf. Mm-hmm. And, like, it's all those kind of things. You're like, oh, okay, I get it. And up to this point, literally every single one of these episodes and every segment of these episodes has been in that same vein. And that's why this is what the most these most infamous or famous episode, um, and literally what basically spelled the death knell for this show um, that it got to run to episode seven is only because they had nothing to fill in the time slot, um, you know, in the dead of winter.
0: Yeah, I mean, um, so this was this was episode three, December eleventh. So if you go
1: back uh,
0: two weeks before, you're right around Thanksgiving. Yes,
1: Thanksgiving. It, I think it ran. It ran on the twenty seventh. It ran. It runs on Christmas night. Like, yeah. There's, there's nothing, it's just filler right now at 10 o'clock at night on ABC. So, because this is ABC we Universal where Universal went over to CB, uh, to NBC. Uh, your second story here, and this is the one that, again, we with things we're talking about, it's it's called Siege of 31 August, and it stars Ronnie Cox. Now, Ronnie Cox, for some of you, remember from RoboCop, he's Dick Jones, Dick Jones. Uh, you know, who makes a lot of bad choices in RoboCop and then pays for it at the very end. Mm. Um, but, uh, you know, kind of thing, he's here and he's a, uh, a, uh, He's a Vietnam vet, um, and he's a dirt farmer. And a dirt farmer, I don't mean that in a derogatory term. It really means he grows beans. and He grows stuff in the dirt. He's not, a, he's not growing cotton. He's not growing corn. He's, not, he's, he's growing beans, and that's what uh, you have here. Um, and what we have in this situation is uh, in a story, actually, which was adapted from um, uh, David Grubb's story. You know, David Grubb was the writer for uh, Night of the Hunter, which is uh, infamous for other reasons. And what you have here is Ronnie Cox plays the dad, who's uh, again a Vietnam vet, and he's managed his leg is now his left leg is now straight from an injury he suffered in war. war. Um, But he wants his son to have a better life, so he wants his son, uh, who's about ten years old, to go off to military school, have a chance to have uh, a great, you know, a much better life than he would have had. So um, what you know, so part of this is what happens. So he comes back from that, you know, getting a loan from the bank and they're going to buy his crops. So like that's his living, you know, it's day-to-day kind of living kind of thing,
0: right? And this is this is a good day because yeah. he's got the loan, he's he's got his crops uh, uh, that are going to be sold. Yeah. So he's he things are looking up. I mean, they're not he's not going to be a millionaire, right? but but he's not going to he's not they're not going to yeah. starve. And and, and, and so he, yeah, and he yeah. buys he buys his son
1: Company B company two B. copies of company B which, which is were the big boxes of military stuff the,
0: the, i remember you know it's really funny because the, the uh, when when i saw that i i bought a box like that yep. before your mother and i got married and i gave it to her her brother joseph right who was 10 years old yeah
1: right so yeah so and so the son is you know he's very interested in being part of the military and he's doing all this he's got it all set up and the and you know do the whole thing the the dad's like, well, I'm going to inspect the camp, son. And like, well, make sure you got a guy on that hill. You're vulnerable there. And like, things like that, that seem like the child, he's playing, but he's also respecting what's there. And then at some point, um, you know, the, his son starts saying, Well, uh, you know, I don't really want to do this anymore. I don't really want this. And, and the guys are talking to Yeah. You. Right, the, yeah the, the guys are like, Oh, they're talking to you, are they? And, he, and, and that's when he mentions uh, Don wow. Locke. And Don Locke is not a person, it's a, it's a place in Vietnam. Um, and whether Don Locke is a, r- a real situation or not, it represents a lot of what happened during Vietnam. Uh, and we'll t- and, and that's where this kind of story goes, where, uh, Ronnie Cox's character is proud of his time. He's proud of the time he spent, that time he served, helped make him a man and helped bring him out who he was. Um, even if his wife feels that actually that wind up killed some of who he was. Um, but he's taught, he talks about, uh, as the son's like, well, I don't want to be part of this. I don't want to go to military school. Uh, uh, Ronnie Cox feels that his wife has now turned his son against him. And um, because, you know, he wants a better life for him, and he can't see his son being a dirt farmer like him. He wants to be educated and have a chance.
0: Right. Now, now you, you have to remember that as the story progressed from in the beginning, uh, the son definitely wanted to go to military school. Yep. The wife was not all that, all that thrilled about it, but she wasn't negative at, at, at that point. But when the son then became uh, a little less enthusiastic, let's say, about going to military school after what he claims to be the the, the army guys talking to him,
1: uh, that's when the, when the story actually takes a, a, a real turn down Dark Alley. Right. So that's when you have, um, and again, and this is 1981. So, uh, you know, you saw on TV, you know, a, a, a man, not say a, a man hitting a woman, but like, it's implied here. I mean, obviously they show it from behind. They don't actually show him striking her across the face, but he, he hits her and it's like, and he's, the anger is coming out here, um, which again, pushed a lot of people's buttons. Um, you know, probably would push people's more buttons more today. Uh, you know, because of the right. violence shown towards women there, it was a little, not say accepted, but it was more prevalent in, I mean, we've just watched, uh, Estelle Royal get choked to death in the, in the previous one. Um, so what happened though is as this is happening, um, you know, the Ronnie Cox now contacts the colonel who runs the and then he asked the colonel about Don Locke. And he said, that's not something to be proud of. He goes, it was what it was a Viet, Cong, a Viet Cong village where they thought the Viet Cong were, but it turned out they weren't. And the whole village was burned and all the ch- women and children and, and men were killed. Yeah. And what happens is Ronnie Cox is he, he even says it to his wife. He goes, I'm not ashamed of what we had to do over there. Not inclu- not saying that he did that but he talks but, about the fact but that it's implied that he was part of that company that Well, no, or not necessarily that company, but a company that did similar things yeah. because that was what happened to Vietnam. And I know people in, in this time, 1981, you're still in the very much the Ronald Reagan honeymoon period. Like everything's pro USA. Like no one wanted to hear these things, but the reality is that Vietnam was uh, not, not a popular war by any stretch of imagination. Not that any war should ever be popular, but it was truly unlike any other war. And the way, People coming home were treated yep. the way that they, they were you know uh, looked upon with such disdain and hatred for just doing what th- was held to be their job. Very different than what would happen in World War One, World War Two, yeah. Korean War.
0: And I think I think I told you this when you were you were younger. Um, one of the things that I used to used to wear all the time was my field jacket. My field jacket had my insignia on it, uh, and 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 it was very warm to wear, and it had uh, my name on it. And, you know, this is we're talking about 73, 74 when I was back home and people would look at you and they would not not that they would get, get angry with you. But there wasn't there wasn't this, re, this respect that you should have had. And what I wound up doing was when you guys were born is I took uh, the name off and we bought the, uh, a small little uniform and I, I put the, the name on it so you guys could go play Army. And then everything started to change. And by the end of the decade. Uh, it w- it wasn't as bad anymore, but that's when you had movies like Born on the Fourth of July. Uh, then you had Platoon came out. I mean, all of those movies that talked in about 80s. Vietnam yeah, in the eighties, and it it brought back it brought back a lot of old memories for for guys who were in Vietnam. But it I think it was more helpful to have those movies because and even uh, the uh, the Deer Hunter which was probably the most frightening of all of the movies uh, was it was
1: almost like a cathartic healing right well i got to remember also full metal jacket and uh, you know boot like that people it had never had no idea what boot camp was even like right. full metal jacket yeah. is known for the boot camp but the, the part that comes after which people kind of forget about that second half of that movie um, just to be honest we do the part with denafrio and everything in the front is the best part of mm-hmm. full metal jacket mm-hmm. um, but you know but even that stuff even those ideas or even like um, Apocalypse Now and things like that, like the the hell the hell of war, and people just didn't understand that. And the difference is, the war as it was fought in in World War One and two and in Korea was not broadcast into your freaking living room in, every night. night. Yeah, yeah. And Waller, that's what Waller, it was.
0: Walter Cronkite would come on at, at uh, six o'clock or whatever time he would come on, and hit when if his lead story was uh, was about Vietnam, they would scroll how many Americans died today were wounded and it was almost almost like you had a checklist every day yeah. now, now again I was one of the lucky ones I didn't have to shoot somebody but in basic training the the full metal jacket was a little extreme yeah of but, course. And, but but the, the drill sergeants who had who had come back from Vietnam and were now uh, drilling us it was you, you your rifle is your best friend you must kill to, to survive. It was. It wasn't one of these. This is a toy, and so you, by the time you got out of basic training and went to advanced infantry training, you, you knew that push come to shove. You better kill the guy in front of you, otherwise you're gonna you're gonna be dead. And that's why some of these movies uh, uh, it, it 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 really brings back the early memories. I mean, that one did. As for the actual wars, like even Apocalypse Now, you know, with with the the bombings. Uh, well, the napalm. The, the and napalm stuff. again. Did did, did 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 they have beer parties with with steaks and stuff? I'm sure they did.
1: Yeah, but you know, that's part of what they're, talk, they're talking about too—the idea yeah. of napalm and stuff, and the way warfare changed so drastically, even from World War One to World War Two and World war, you know, into, <laughs> into the Korean War and stuff like that. Because um, we had World War One where people didn't come back from war; they died, they got injured, they died. World War Two people came back and they were deformed. Um, you know, people were coming back. Uh, you know, and just even the. The ideas of the using mustard gas and things like that that you'd never heard of being done in wars before it was all, over oh, digging trenches and shooting each other. Now it's chemical warfare. Now it's now you're setting fire to entire landscapes with using, you know, napalm and stuff like that. And it's it's all of those things that people really didn't want to kind of have dredged up, are brought up in this episode. And you're thinking, it's just a TV show. Did it really impact people? It it really did, because word of mouth got out. And this sealed the fate of the whole thing. This is what is the death knell of this. act That they let them go four more episodes because they need filler. And the four episodes that come after are fine. They're 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 you know some are silly, some are whatever, but none of them have this punch. And of course now we have to you know what's going to happen here. So it's not just this because this would be you know horrific enough of a story. Now uh, Ronnie Cox gets up at night. He hears something in the barn. Oh, he gets dressed. He puts his full gear on. He gets loads the M16. He goes out to the barn, and now the army men are alive. They're little, mm-hmm. and the helicopter, and they have the jeep, and they have everything else. But now he sees this happen. Yeah, I mean, is it is it in his mind? Uh, the, you, what
0: the right? But what, right. what what predates us a little bit in the story is that when the son tells him that he's that he's the guys are talking to him, and then the son says, "I don't want to play with the with the army guys anymore," and he says, "Why?" He says, "Well, they just no." I take it back. Uh, Ronnie Cox goes and looks at the set. And there's maybe Way four more. bags, yeah. four boxes. And he says, where did you get the money to do this? He says, that's not me. They, every day I go out there, there's more and more and more and more and more. And they keep talking to me. And that's why I don't want to go be a soldier. Yeah. So when then Ronnie Cox, he gets into his uh, front end loader. or And he goes and destroys the, the thing. Now what he is. He's the enemy.
1: Yeah. He's Well, that's the also enemy. too, because they also had the village they built and they had a fire and they had a, a village, a Viet village that would been set up and was burnt. And Ronnie Cox loses his mind. Like, how dare you do this? You could first of all you could have killed everybody and whatever. He goes, I didn't do it, the soldiers did it. The soldiers and it's, did it. It's so powerful to watch three, it's basically three people on the screen the entire time. Um, kind of going through the emotion, uh going through, you know, the heart, whatever, the 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 heartbreak and everything else. So now Ronnie Cox goes into the barn where he's now the enemy and he's now being attacked okay. by the soldiers. And the, the miniature work oh, is outstanding. That, excellent. And the, the, the biggin work is what we call it. It's, it's when you have force. The idea is like you have a person next to a giant flowering pot or whatever. Oh. So instead of bigature, it's the idea of being big, very much like Honey, and Trunk the Kids. It all sells it really well. Um, and, of course, during this, you know, he's getting shot with these little bullets that don't kill him, but they're hurting him. And um, he destroys one of the helicopters, and that and as the gasoline gets knocked over, it catches fire, mm-hmm. and he is then burned uh, alive. Again, in a, in a in the irony, they want to always make sure there's a, that irony the come up in, so whatever you want to call it in the story, for somebody who had been part of the burning the villages and stuff like that in Vietnam, he now dies via the fire as well. Uh, and it's in the, the, the sheriff says, if we could have got here 10 minutes earlier, maybe we would have stopped him. Um, and the reality is that in 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 this story, there is no stopping it. it this is the inevitable end to what was going to happen. Yeah, um, I mean, it, it's it's at
0: at this point, you know, the, the with the barn, he dies inside. It, there is no there is no leftover army man. There is no that it, it's that's a, it's a psychological thing. I believe in his mind that uh, it got to him and, and that he started hearing the the sounds themselves. Again, that's, that's what these stories are, are, are all about. But, you know, just before the, he, gets, he gets crazy, the wife says that, well, I'm leaving you because i like this. Yeah, and and so the, now the boy is going to lose his mother. And at the end of the story, the father dies. So the, the, the I, I don't know if it was the, the, the policeman or the, uh, the, the, the fireman. The fireman.
1: So the fireman, okay, son, yeah.
0: it grabs grabs the son and, you know, pats him on the head and says, it'll be all right, son. Now here's a boy you talk about the traumatic thing he was about to lose his mother now he's definitely lost his and he, he had lost he had lost uh, honor well not say honor but he lost love for his father because of what his father wanted him to do and now he lost his father yeah I mean yeah. so wh- what's his life going to be going right, exactly. forward and, then, and and it fades it fades out
1: yeah and that's, that's why this show this episode is so powerful and that's why people still if they remember, this is the episode they remember. Um, I mean, some people might remember Uncle George. They might remember the one with Billy Crystal where he wears the makeup. They might remember the werewolf thing. But this is the one people talk about because it was so controversial at the time, um, even for a little show that no one really watched much of back in the day. Uh, but clearly, the impact of what's here is more than the sum of its parts. You know what I'm saying? Like, So the impact it had on uh, just what was happening. Now, you say, but Jay, this like, what would be the big deal? But if this had come out in 1987, 1988, it would have been in a time when we were seeing movies like Platoon up for the best picture and things like that, mm-hmm. where people were like, Hey, uh, you know, we're no longer in the, you know, again, not that they, there was a very pro, uh, you know, America, very pro America feel in the 1980s. And for some of you who were young enough to not know anything, um, cause you think everything happened since 2000 and on, uh, you know, go back and look at the way America was. People took pride in the fact that they were American and, this did not show Americans in a great light in a situation in a time when people wanted to be pro-America. It wasn't until later in the decade and into the '90s and then in the 2000s where people started like, no, let's pull it back." Like, right? there's a reason why when you say people, you say to, you say to somebody Rambo, they think of First Blood Part Two, Rambo, where it's uh, Stallone with the machine gun and whatever else. No one thinks of First Blood. First Blood was controversial as heck when it came out. The book was controversial. It's still controversial, right? In, and when you watch that movie when you watch uh, Brian Dennehy as the sheriff and all of them just, just he does you know John Rambo is doing nothing he's walking through a town he's just looking for a place to get a cup of coffee and something to eat and they're trying to run him out because he was in Vietnam he did this and He did that like and yet that's that's part of the that's part of what we're talking about that's why these things are so impactful um i know sometimes folks we cover movies that are a little silly and stuff like that and you know maybe whatever you know kind of thing but this is one of the episodes this episode of this tv show um, really is hard-hitting. And if you haven't seen it, it is in your best interest to spend the time and go watch it. Um, like we said, it's not on Peacock currently, but if you go to NBC.com or sorry, NBCUniversal.com or just Universal.com, you can stream it right through there. They'll stream it right through the playing service they have there. It is well worth the time to watch. Um, and it's important, I think, that uh, you know if you've never seen it, or this sounds like something that might be interesting to you, spend the time, go watch it, and then from there, you can kind of draw your own conclusions of, what actually you know was going on there. Was it in his head? Is it is it his guilt? Is it whatever? Right. Um, because it is actually really well done and it's three people. I mean, Ronnie Cox is an actor, you know, but the 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 son and wife, I don't know who they even are. Yeah. So it's not like they went on to become like majors. Not like that that boy became Brad Pitt, you know, kind of thing. It doesn't happen like that. So all right, folks. So uh, that about wraps up episode three of the dark room. Uh next time out because uh, we're in the dog days of summer, because it's going to be the August one. We're going to watch Friday the 13th Part 2 from 1981. The the, the body count continues. Mm. That is the tagline. Um, so, yes, yeah, some of you can't believe that I got Dad to watch Friday the 13th Part 1. Well, I got him to watch Part 2 also. So next time out, Dad and I will be talking about Friday the 13th Part 2 featuring Sackhead Jason uh, coming at you. Um, and then uh, we have, obviously, all the stuff we have planned for the end of the year and all our usual, uh, you know, things going on from there. So I think we're good on episode three here, Dad, right? Yep. yep. Um, we will have more Dark Room coming up throughout uh, you know, the rest of this year into next year, which depends on all the timing of stuff. And then, uh, and then, like I said, we have uh, Friday the 13th, part two is the next time you heard Dad and I in August for the 40th anniversary. All right, folks. So like we say right here, letters coming, and keep watching the skies. This is Tokyo, once a city of six million people. Find me under my name, Jason Jacknetty, and search the hashtag, The Art of Horror Collective, as well as the new hashtag, Bots, Bugs, Babes Podcast. I'm the only one using them. I'm also on Twitter, at Jason Giaconetti, and you can visit my webpage at www.theartofhorrorcollective.wordpress.com. All movies, characters, stories, music, etc., are properties of their respective holders. This is a fan work, And any use of any property is purely for review, discussion, entertainment. So don't sue me. I ain't got anything anyway. There is no tomorrow.
0: There is no tomorrow. There is no tomorrow.
1: Will you stop?